Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in week after week after week. I, I can't thank you guys enough. I, I truly am inspired by just you know the, the feedback and the comments, so thank you. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend Drew Peterson. Thank you for supporting this great cause and uh, allowing this to grow even more because of you, so thank you. And I want to thank all our guests that have been on the show. It's because of you of why this thing's taken off. And and today's going to be no different. I have a, a really good friend of mine, Jimmy Rex, on today. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Todd. Thank you so much. You bet. And Jimmy's been on before. I think it was episode like 61 or something Yeah, it was like that. early on. It was we a, were, we've was, been doing this for a while. We've been doing it for a while. And um, I've admired Jimmy f- uh, for a long, long time. This guy's amazing. And I... I don't just say that because he's sitting here. Um, he really, truly is. And it's not because of all the success he's had. He's had tons of it. But it's more about how he treats people. And uh, you're going you're gonna to feel that with him today. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off a few things. And this is not even coming close to all the great things that he's doing. Um, he's a real estate beast. I mean, you're a realtor. You... I mean, the stuff that you did, you sold over 2,000 properties in the last several years. I mean, you're like the number one guy. If I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, you sold the most expensive home in Utah? I did. In the history of the Utah MLS uh, last <laughs> summer, it was $32 million. Wow. Yeah, that was a good day. That is amazing. Again, you, you have a passion for helping others. You're an entrepreneur. You're a mentor. You're a coach. You, you have your own podcast called The Jimmy Rex Show. I've been fortunate enough to be on. I feel very... <laughs> <laughs> very fortunate to have been on it. You've done how many episodes now? Uh, we're at, I think around like 270 now. Yeah. You're an extreme adventurer. You you love to read. You love to learn. Um, you are passionate about designing your own life. We're going to get more into that. You have an amazing morning routine, which we'll talk about. And, uh, you know, the list keeps going on and on. You've written uh, a few books, bestsellers. The one you just wrote is called You End Up Where You... Uh, you end up where you're headed, right? You end up where you're heading. Or heading, yeah. sorry. Yep. I'm way off. I've got it written right here in big, bold <laughs> letters. But uh, um, that book is amazing as well. And so, again, the list goes on, but you are very passionate about helping other people. And let's, let's just start there. Why are you so passionate about that? You know, somebody asked me the other day the same question uh, literally this week, and I kind of laughed. I said, I don't know why everyone's not like this. Like, it's so fun to be like this. <laughs> right. Like, the gift is mine. Like, yeah. I get to have all these amazing and Ooh. cool experiences. And um, I don't know. I never felt like I was wired differently or funny because of yeah. this. But, like, I truly believe that way. I'm like... It's so fun to just go about helping people and doing yeah. cool things. Like last night, you know, I had the chance to, this group invited me to go to dinner and um, talk about, they're trying to do some charities to help the arts and they wanted me to help them throw an event. And and I sat there and I just kind of gave them some ideas of some things I've done. And then I walked around the corner, there was a group of women doing the, you know, this $100 dinner club. And I got to go in there and, and just kind of, you know, be the, at that thing with them for a minute and watch that. And it's like, what else was I going to do back to back last night that would have made me feel better that? And then when I left there, I went to my buddy's house. He's got a kidney that's failing and, um, and he doesn't, he get, doesn't get to leave the house much. And so I go visit him three or four times a week and wow. we open sports cards and stuff. And it, we oh, just yeah. laughed our asses off the entire time. <laughs> and it's like, and then I go home and of course I am in a good mood. Of course I'm going to be able to do good. I'm, right. I'm getting filled all the time. And so like, you could almost say selfishly, I just think it's an amazing way to live, but yeah. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. I really don't. I, yeah. it boggles me. 
Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm so glad you say that because you know in my world, the recovery addiction world, it, it's one of the greatest principles we try to teach them is to give back, to go help someone. You know, as uh, I'm I'm uh, a good friend of mine, Simon Sinek, which I know you know of. Uh, he wrote a book uh, called Start With Why. Yeah, of course. And I heard him say face to face to me. If you master the first 11 steps of AA, you'll drink again. If you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop. Step 12 is go help somebody, go give back, go make a difference. And it's so powerful, right? Well, yeah, and I, you, it's so hard not to be in a good mood when you're helping somebody else. Like I, I say, there's two attitudes I always try to be in. I try to be in a giving state, and then I try to be in a playful attitude. Like good luck right. being angry and playful. Good luck being <laughs> right. um, uh, sad or whatever if yeah. you're giving, right? Like it's just these are two ways that you can always change your own mood. And so for me, rather than focus on what's wrong, I mean, and here's the thing about life too, is there's enough evidence for all the good or all the bad in the world. There is, there's evidence for this sure. is the worst place in the world or this is the best thing right. ever. And if you, yeah. what you focus on, you feel like that's Tony Robbins talks about that all the time. But so I always say like, whatever you search, you're going to find. So try to stay focused on the good things, like find the good and yeah. life will be good. And if you look for the bad, unfortunately you'll find that too. And so, you know, and the, the funny part is our DNA our hardwiring as humans is designed to keep us alive. Like above all else, we're designed right. to stay alive as creatures. And so our brain is always trying to look for what's wrong or what's bad so that it can avoid danger or so it can fix. Okay. And so you have to overtrain your own brain to look for the good. And so that's the importance of doing, you know, every single day being intentional about it. And that's what I like to talk a lot about is, is being intentional about trying to find good in your life because you have to override your natural reptilian brain that's trying to look for the negative thing or what's wrong so that it can help itself to, to fix it and stay alive. Oh, wow. Very well said. I've never heard it said that way. That's very powerful. So, so ultimately what I'm hearing too is when we do that, we, it isolates us. We isolate, you know, we don't connect with people you know, when we're doing that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, that's one of the things about the pandemic, why I've been so uh, outspoken against the shutdowns and the lockdowns sure. and even the masks is uh, I always say, you know, the devil divides and God gathers. Like, Ooh. like when people are coming together, it's usually for a pretty good purpose. Like, and when people are isolated on their own or we're trying to separate people, like it's very hard to get that human connection that we all long yeah. for so much. And, you know, it's, they're trying to do all these things like, well, we'll connect over zoom or we'll connect over this. And it's just a different thing. You have to, like, there is a reason, like when you connect with another human being, there's a reason that a baby will reach out and grab its mother's hand. The first thing out of the woman's, so there's a reason people on their deathbed, wow. if you hold their hand that, you know, you can feel them. It, that connection, yeah. it's physical and it needs to be that way. And so I'm a huge gatherer of people above everything else I love to do. I love to get people together. Like <laughs> I, I just, too. I will <laughs> to my death fight to get people together. And so yeah. that's why, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, you gotta be careful with, you know, health this last year has been so crazy. It's been getting looked at as like, okay, you can get sick or, you know, get the coronavirus by going out. But it's like health is so much more than that. Yeah, and the right. mental health, the spiritual health, and even the physical health of people needs, people need to be together. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, in my world with the addiction recovery world, that last April when we were on the lockdown, April um, over the entire country, relapse was up a thousand percent. And again, and we got people here today who will tell you the reason why I relapsed is when we I had to lock down, I was working in my little bedroom and I couldn't go see anybody, this and that. And he goes, and I just felt lost. I yeah. felt that disconnect. 
Yeah, I've, I've literally every single day, almost every single day, literally for the last year, I've tried to get people together. I've tried to do things strategically to get people together. I've thrown so many poker nights or events, the $100 dinner club, all these things are yeah. had a strategy behind them to gather people. I want people to yeah. get together. And yeah. it's it's the most important thing, I think, for us as, as a humanity. Yeah. Well, I laugh because it's true. I know that's what you do. I mean, when I watch you and things that you're doing, when I see you on social media and all these other new uh, platforms, I just start laughing. I'm like, man, this guy is just partying, having a great time, but it's but you're doing good with it. And that's what Yeah, I well, love. that's the thing is like people would be like, these guys are reckless. They're killing people. It's like, oh, you have no idea. I'm so opposite of what you think I am here, <laughs> I but know. I don't, and I don't even care. I'm like, I know my truth. I know my integrity yeah. around why I'm doing this. So every time I throw in a big event or I'm throwing a party and I'm getting all these people together, like I'm truly not bothered at all by the opinions of these other people they're just they just don't know what they don't know and i can yeah. look at it that way and, right you know and, and i can laugh because i'm like like even like my buddy opened his gym this year and we do these well, a couple times a week we'll all get together 10 or 20 of us and work out together and it's so awesome and it's like I'll just, anything I can do to get people together right now, I'm trying to do that because yeah. people need to know, like you need to be around other people. Yes, you can get the coronavirus, but you can't live in fear. You can't live in, and sure. it, I mean, it is what it is. And we don't want to make this about that, but it was just, to me, it's so crucial to be around other people and share love because there's a different feeling when you're in front of somebody. Go meet with the person that has the politics, the exact opposite of you. I bet if you sit down in a room together and look each other in the eyes and first tell each other two or three things you love about the other person, I don't care what you talk about next yeah. it's going to be respectful you're yeah. going to appreciate each other you're going to treat each other differently and so online i just refuse to engage with people about yeah. things that i don't agree with because it's such a wasteful energy and just it's you know and, and people are just yeah. they're living in a fearful state and again it's the lowest frequency you can have as a human is to live in fear and so i wow. always it's the opposite of faith it's the opposite of love it's the opposite yeah. of, of hope and so i try to always anytime whatever i'm afraid of i try to face that thing head on and instead of having fear around it, I now have love towards it. So I'll tell you a quick story. And I'm, I'm oh, just kind of going on you're tangents doing here. Great. But you're doing great. I went to a couple love years it. ago, like, you know, I when after 9-11 and everything with all that, uh, Islam obviously got, you know, um, a lot of yeah. people got afraid of, of Muslims and Islam and all those things, me and myself included. I mean, I live in Utah. How many right. people do I meet from the <laughs> Middle East, you know? Yeah. And a couple of years ago, two years ago, I had a chance to go with one of my close buddies. He's, he's from Egypt. And... Uh, and he invited me to go with him to meet his family and to go see the pyramids and all that. And I'm a world traveler. And so, I, of course, I wanted yeah. to go do it. And we get there and his, he hadn't been home in 11 years. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're hanging out for a few days with his family. They'd had these giant feasts. And it was the most loving, beautiful family. It reminded me a lot of families in Utah, to be honest. Um, this Muslim family. And after two days with them, you know, and the mom comes over and she's crying and she says, you don't have any idea what it means to me as a mother to see that my boy has a friend like this in the United States where I haven't been able to help him or see him in 11 years. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just yeah. like, I had the most beautiful feeling and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is what I've been afraid of, you know? Yeah. And so anything that you don't, you're, you're afraid of or you fear, you really got to face it. You really got to go lean into it as Brene Brown says. And, and, and yeah. that fear goes away and it is replaced with love. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, you know, and in speaking about, you know, that you love to gather and you really do. And one of the things you, Recently, you've been starting to do, you've been doing it for a while, the $100 Dinner Club. 
Did yeah. I say that right? Yep. Tell us about that and why that started and how you came about that and and just tell us where you're going with it. Yeah, no, so me and some friends opened a This te- is incredible, guys. We by uh the way. we opened a tequila bar Mexican restaurant in Vegas about a year ago, last mm-hmm. January, right before the pandemic and you know, a month and a half in, we had to shut down for two months. And yeah. long story short, I'm involved enough with the restaurant business. My first job was a bus boy and I've seen <laughs> how they've yeah. just been destroyed. And they're like, I hate it so bad because it's so counterproductive to like, anytime I see inefficiencies in life, it just drives me insane because it's like, you can fix it. And the, if you look at the stats of the number of people getting sick or COVID from restaurants versus the reality of what they've doing to these yeah, people sure. and anybody that's gone to a restaurant, you see these families, you know, it's this ma and pa thing. They had a dream. They, they, they've been living it. They've been yeah. half of the years. They make great money. Half the years they're surviving, yeah. but they're all like these battlers. And my heart has just gone out to the restaurants, the whole pandemic. Yeah. And so I was the first one to start going out to restaurants. I just like we, the first week it happened, I bought $10,000 in gift cards to restaurants, local restaurants. And then I, I asked, I challenged all my friends to do the same thing to help them because they were closed. Yeah. And I think we got 13 of us that did it. Really? And so that wow. was kind of the first thing we did for restaurants, you know, and then we just kept on going every time we'd get together, we'd go out to a restaurant, whatever. And, uh, and I saw a Facebook video. I think end of November, so maybe it was mm-hmm. December, but it was like four or five realtors had gone out to breakfast and they all yeah. left a hundred dollar tip. Right. And I, you know, the waitress is crying and I was just like, that was so cool. And I was <laughs> like, well, I'm doing this. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, I'm going to do this every week. And then I was like, wait, just like I did with the gift cards. I'm like, I'm going to inspire my friends to do this every week too. I was like, I'm just going to start a club. And I have a lot of people reach out to me from the podcast, the book, just on yeah, Instagram sure. and stuff that want to meet. And I'm like, this is a perfect way to like let anybody come and be a part of this. And so I just decided, I'm like, I called my marketing guy and I'm like, hey, go buy the domain name, $100 Dinner Club. We're doing this thing. And, oh, yeah. and so I just started sending out the message of it. And I said, look, here's what we're doing. And uh, we did the first one. It's kind of cool. So that, just to give you an idea. So what yeah. we do is everybody, um, we get anywhere from, I think our smallest one's been 12, biggest one's been 100. So from 12 to 100 people, Whoa. we all get together once a week. Um, we do it every week. Uh, and it's $100dinnerclub.com. If you live in Utah and you want to join us, just sign up. All that does is it sends you a text and email every week of when and where. Um, and then you can join us if you want. But everybody pays $100 that all goes towards the tip at the end of the night. Oh, man. So <laughs> it was cool when we picked them. I mean, just to give you an idea how God works, too. It's so cool. Like the very first one we did, I'm just randomly thinking of some restaurant to go to. And yeah. I picked this little Peruvian place. It's in Orem. I've never been there. Somebody just suggested it. Said they've been hit hard by COVID. I think we got 25 or 26 of us go. And... Uh, and we go do it, and there's two waitresses. There's the lady that owns the place, so she's one of them, and there's another girl, her daughter was there. There's the only two employees. There's no one else is eating there. Right, I mean, yeah. place is pretty empty. And, uh, and we have the meal, and we bring them in afterwards, and we tell them, and you know, we make a cool video of it. The whole point was to make video, make it go viral, so kind of like Dave Portnoy's can, going, yeah. doing with the, the Barstool Fund, right? Oh, Helping yeah. restaurants and stuff. I wanted yeah. it to kind of have that kind of same idea. And so we post it. And actually a girl that I dated like three years ago, she's married now, had a couple uh-huh. of kids and stuff. And she hits me up and she goes, Jimmy, I'm bawling right now. You have no idea what you just did. And, uh, and I get a little emotional, but, yeah. um, and she says, I need to tell you about what happened yesterday when you guys went to that restaurant. She goes, that's my aunt's restaurant. And, um, she said my, uh, her aunt who ran that restaurant with her for 18 years passed away yesterday morning wow. and she wasn't going to come into work but she had this big crew that was coming this big group coming in at night so she decided to come in still and then her daughter that was there um got pregnant when she was 14 years old um oh. decided to keep the baby 
Um, she's a senior in high school and the, he's deaf. I mean, they've just been battling and battling. And she wow. says, Jimmy, she's like the best human ever. She's just been going through such a hard time. And just last week, she had to pay for these ear things that were several thousand dollars. And she said that you guys like could not have timed that better for this really? money. And, and it's like, you know, just gives me the chills to know that like, we were guided to people that really needed right. it in that moment, yeah. right? And it was really cool. Wow. I've got to know the, them a little bit more. And um, and every week it's that story. Every week, because here's what you realize. It's not like that we found them at the perfect time. It's that everybody needs to feel that love. Like everyone exactly. has a story right now. Everybody's sure. hurting. And so anybody that you go out and help, naturally you're going to find people that it means the world to. And that's even more than the money that it does. I mean, we've had, you know, like I said, we, we did a $10,000 tip the one night. Um, 10, there's a hundred of us. Yeah. And we split it between like six or but seven. Still of them. Though, it was I amazing. mean, I can't yeah, right. even imagine what they were thinking. So fun. <laughs> yeah. It was so much, so much dang fun. And here's awesome. the cool part. It's like, you know, such a little thing, but it, even more than the money, like people feel that hope of like, wow, somebody cares about me. Random strangers actually care. Like I'm, I'm being seen, I'm being understood. Like people actually love me. And so anyway, it's been really cool. I think we've had them over 40 that I know of right. in other States. Now, um, we did one in Mexico. I was down there last weekend. I was uh -huh. volunteering at this children's hospital and with four other guys. And I just told them, I actually, one of my stipulations for coming, they really wanted me to be a part of this. It's a, a children's cancer hospital. They're trying to help out. And I said, one of the things, if I'm going, we're going to do the hundred dollar dinner club in Mexico. And uh, we're going to give some guy or gal just right. this giant $500 tip. And they're like laughing. And they're like, all right, sounds good. And so we <laughs> did it. And we had the, this guy was the best waiter I think I've ever had. Really? And after the meal, you know, we do it. And he's just like so grateful. And then one of his other coworkers comes up. She goes, I got to tell you guys about him. Like two years ago today, his brother disappeared. Mm. And he's never seen him again since. Oh I mean, it's crazy. This is in yeah. Sinaloa, Mexico. So it's like, you know, it's yeah. uh, Jalisco and all that where everything goes down. But And long story short, um, you know, as we're leaving, he's giving us all hugs and he's crying. And it's just like the timing of that. That $500 tip we looked at is about a month, month and a half worth of tips typically in like yeah. a place where we were. Right. But, um, and so anyway, I don't know. It's just been such a cool thing. It's such a little thing that you can do. I mean, I posted last night on my Instagram, there was one in Kentucky that I didn't even know happened. Somebody yeah. sent me the TikTok of the, the video of it. And it turns out, you know, you just watch this waitress get this $1,400 tip that I'm never going to meet. Just, you can tell it means the world to her. And oh, so I just, man. it's been really cool to just try yeah. to spread that goodness. And here's the beauty of it. Like I get so many good feels all day long from doing it. Right. And yeah. so like selfishly, again, I get a, such a reward for doing it. It's obviously though, it's, it's just doing that yeah. just becomes such a fun way to live. I don't know. I can't explain <laughs> it either way. No, in in that video you were just talking about, it was posted on your Instagram this morning. Mm -hmm. I showed it to a client of mine here and he started to cry. And I was I was welling up. And it's like you said, how can you not feel good? Even just watching it, we weren't even there. Sure. But it's still, I, I was like, wow, I felt amazing. And and you've inspired me. I told you I gave a $100 tip uh, a couple of weeks ago down at a restaurant here. And, um, you know, it was just me. But it's still, I was like, you know what? Because I've been a waiter. I've been a bartender. I've been a busser. And I know what it's like when you, you know, you don't really get appreciated almost. And so... I've always been a guy that tips really heavily. My yeah. wife's always like, why are you tipping so much? I'm like, honey, I've been in their shoes. Let's give her a really nice tip, you know? And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I decided anytime I go out ever again, if I have somebody that I leave a tip to, I'm going to make it a hundred bucks. And yeah. I start doing the math. I'm like, you know, I I bought yeah. a $17,000 baseball card last month. I can tip a hundred dollars every right. time I go out to eat. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like so dumb. But, and it, it's, 
you know, you have all these different people that you never know each person, what it's going to mean to them or what the experience is. But like to look back at the end of a year, maybe you go out two, 300 times. Like that's pretty special to think like how many, you don't know those stories. You don't know what it meant, but you know, it's, it's fun, man. And what, what's the website again? If people want to Just check that out. Just hundreddollardinnerclub.com. Yeah. So and the number $100 okay. dinnerclub.com. And you do this on a, is it weekly? Is so I'm doing said? it every week. Okay. What I encourage people to do is to do your own $100 dinner club. Just so, do your own. Yeah. What I want it is okay. I want it to spread. I want it to be a movement. And so do your own, film it, share it, use the hashtag, tag me in it if you want to so I can see it. I'd love to see them all. Yeah. Um, but like I got a dude that's flying in. So we're doing one tomorrow here in Utah. And there's a dude flying in from Wisconsin because he wants <laughs> to meet me and then he wants to go big with it in wisconsin but he's coming to see ours just to check it out he's literally yeah. just flying in to come no check way. it out and then he's going to bring it back to wisconsin i had another guy text me this morning he goes yo he goes i got a gr groups of sales guys in south dakota north dakota minnesota and we got one going every week in all three no states way. now and so i really want it to become a movement where and it's it's really special like it's yeah. such a good way to network it's such a way to get out and here's yeah. one of the cool parts too is it's kind of like Again, I'm very anti-shutdown restaurants sure. and COVID yeah. and all that stuff. And so it's my my little subtle way of being like, <laughs> you can't even get mad at me for not for getting people together now because we're doing yeah. really good things. So yeah, you, good yeah. luck getting mad at me. <laughs> well, it sounds like the movement, I mean, it's it's starting to get some traction there, which is really amazing. Yeah, it's fun. Especially when you got guys flying in from the other side of the country to come check this out. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out and I, I, I wanna do this myself. I'm gonna do it. Do one. I love it. And by the way, you can't screw it up. If it's three of you, that's a three hundred dollar tip. If it's thirty of you, like it, people are like, "What if nobody comes?" Like, what do you mean by nobody? Like, what if there's only seven or eight of us? I go, "That's a seven hundred dollar tip." Or like, even if it's you just you that shows up, they get a hundred. Well, and that's tip. what's been happening. There's right? been hundreds of those, right? Like, yeah. I quit posting them because I was getting so many people yeah. were, you know, sending them to me, showing me. Um, you know, one of my buddies, he's an NFL Hall of Famer, and he sent it. I went with him to climb Mount Kilimanjaro a few years ago, and uh -huh. he sent me one the other day. He goes, "Bro, you're inspiring all of us. I'm going to get all my boys doing this." Like yep. it's just, it's such an easy thing to do. And you know, I bet there's been over a thousand hundred dollar tips already given, um, that, so you know, most of which I'll never even know about. Oh my gosh, Jimmy, that's so incredible. Thank you for doing that and being a good example to all of us. I'm serious. It really inspires me truly. So, um, you're amazing, dude. I, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, I want to maybe do a little bit of a shift and I want to talk about your, your new book that you just you came bet. out with. You end up, uh, where you're heading. I know it's a little bit tough to say you end no, up where you're heading. It's the way I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. Um, great book. Tell us what that's about and why you wrote it. I know you've written another book before that that was a bestseller. I'm not sure. Is this hit the Yeah, the first yet? book it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first book awesome. was just a real estate book. It was it was yeah. basically I interviewed a hundred of the top agents across the country, took all their best information and put it in a book for new era agents. Okay. Um so it's it's an awesome book and you know we've sold six seven thousand of them but this new wow. book um this was a project that like was i'd always wanted to put together so it, it, the tagline of the book is the hidden dangers of living a safe life Ooh, and okay. that's the part that i really wanted to emphasize so Okay. Um, thankfully I'm just wired funny where I don't feel fear much around things. Like even people that don't like me have told me that like, you know, I had a buddy that I call him a buddy now, but like he, about three, four months ago, <laughs> we ended up connecting and he's like, bro, I gotta be honest. Like I've hated you my whole life. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he's like, can I tell you why? It's like, sure. And he's like, you just don't care what people think. Like I like, yeah. like want to do that so bad and you just do that. You <laughs> truly don't care about the opinions of other people. You just do what you want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. He goes, I know. And he's like, it drove me insane. He's like, but instead of like hating you for it, now, they're like, I know you, I actually can, <laughs> you know, and it was just really funny. But at yeah. the end of the day, so long story short, I, 
I wanted to provide kind of a blueprint for people to help them because all the rewards I've gotten in life, Todd, have come yeah. from going for it, from putting myself yeah. in an uncomfortable spot. And people always be like, why are you doing that? Like you already have this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to try something else. Like, like yeah. that's living, right? And so yeah. on their deathbeds, nobody regrets the things they didn't do, or excuse me, the things they did. Right. Nobody regrets the mistakes they made, the things right. they did. They regret the things they didn't do, the dreams that died within them, the risks they never took, the business they never started, the woman they never asked out, the the conversation they never had with their yeah. kid. Like that's the stuff that we regret. And so what the book does is it kind of follows, if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, yep. um, essentially there's these different parts of our life um, and we can all be the hero of our own story. And that's kind of the premise of the book. So I use my own stories, my own experiences, and the rewards that I've gotten by living a life this way and by, you know, taking these tough things or doing these tough things. There's, um, you know, I, so many people are so scared of having a tough conversation that they literally will live a certain way for 15 or 20 years as opposed to having one tough conversation with a wow. wife or a husband or with a wow. kid or with a boss. Right. And I start to hear these stories and I talk to them. And I'm like, wait, like, yeah. how long have you felt like this? I don't know, 10, 12 years. Why didn't you see anything? I don't know. I was afraid. And so I try to like go through and help, you know, and Tim Ferriss always says, he says, the quality of your life will be directly tied to the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. It's a mm. beautiful quote. It's wow, like, and so getting uncomfortable is the key to life and doing these things. And so I really try to help people see how that works and why, I mean, back yeah. in the day, um, you know, being a settler meant like well an explorer they always died like all the famous explorers from time they all ended up dying on their explorations right like it was yeah. safe to be in the in the settlement and to just settle in well it's the opposite now because we have all of our basic needs met yeah, they are all. met yep and so what people are doing is they're dying this slow death and so what the book is designed mm. to do is to wake you up to that and help you get out of that and i've, I've had some really amazing stories there's i'll tell you one real quick Please, there's a yeah. there's a part in the book it's called where you enter the cave and essentially, you know, throughout your path, you have to cross the bridge, you find mentors, you, you know, you look for the elixir, all these different things that are part of the hero's journey. But there's one part that you have to do by yourself and that is enter the cave. You can't go in there with somebody else. There's no support. This is just you with right. you. You are your biggest enemy. You know, all of your flaws, you know, all your weaknesses. This is you digging into your soul and coming out of there, mm. whether or not you want right. to do it or not. And I had a guy hit me up on Instagram and about a 60 year old guy and he said hey i can i please go to lunch your book changed my life and i was this is a couple months ago and uh, i said yeah for sure and we go to lunch and he said you know the part of your book it talks about entering the cave mm -hmm. he said when i was 12 years old i was molested and i remember it he said my entire life i've just put it in the back of my mind i've just kind of didn't want to deal with it didn't want to yeah. look at it he said it screwed up my relationships with my kids with my wife every basically everything in my life it's, it's pretty much screwed up he said i finally after reading your book realized i needed to enter the cave i needed to face this he said, I got to tell you, I'm getting so much rewards. He's reconnecting with his kids. He's um, getting, you know, health around it. He's, he's meeting with people that, you know, therapists and all these different things. And he just said, he goes, I'm, I have this new fire for life that I haven't had in, in 45 years. And, um, and he got that from hearing that through my book. And it's like, this is a guy that I'd never met. I would have never known. And it's just really cool. And it's just like all these little things. And so hopefully that's my, my the book is designed to help people, um, realize that your life is yours and right, most of wow. the pain that we live we have in life todd i've experienced almost all pain comes from expectations of what our lives are supposed to be yeah and most of those expectations aren't even our own they're expectations of other people or our family our parents or a coach or a teacher or whatever but when you truly look at your life and you go my life doesn't need to be anything 
it doesn't need to look a certain way. The beauty of life is found in the mess. I have a piece of art in my closet, like in my, my bedroom, yeah. and it's a beautiful woman kind of with a mess of like paint all over it. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful mess. And yeah. the reason I have that is because life truly is a beautiful mess. You have a quote on your wall that says, the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. Because that's stripping that expectation, right? Yeah. That's right. knowing that like, I don't need to be anything. I don't need to be anywhere. Yeah. I just need to be in this moment right now. Yeah. And it took me so long to get that. Like, you know, I yeah. came up in a very religious background. I had so much pain around what I wasn't or not living up to what I was supposed to be doing. And um, all these things that, you know, I was I was slaying life in my 20s. I was like sure. really doing great. And I felt like a failure because I was like, well, why am I not married? Why am I not progressing in this way? I keep getting told that's my one thing I'm supposed to be doing and I'm not doing it. Right. And it just didn't feel authentically. Like, thank God that I never listened, that I honored my own path. And, you know, I went to a yeah. Tony Robbins date with Destiny event about four or five years ago. That's where I came with my mission purpose for my life and all that stuff that we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in that event was the first time I understood myself completely. And we have these six human needs and one of them is variety. And, you know, I ended up taking a test and I scored higher on that test, they said, than anyone they've ever given it to really? my need for variety. And so had I okay. not listened to my heart, had yeah. I settled into this life that wasn't authentic like what a shame it would have been oh. if i never got to become me right, right. like what a yeah. tragedy to the world or myself For if sure. i wouldn't have done that and so yeah. i just started bawling i was so happy because i finally realized like jimmy you did it you honored yourself this whole time like when everybody yeah. else thought you were doing it wrong when everybody else from family parents bless their hearts they all loved me they just thought sure. that's what would make me happy yeah, it's like go this road we, you know, but it wasn't like, and i honored it and so here i am today and um, and you know, and so I just, I try to tell everybody like when you can truly strip the expectations of what your life has to look like, you get to build it by design in a way that it's authentically yours. Yeah. And when you build your life, it's really cool because all the good things that happen, you can take ownership yeah. and the bad things that happen. They're not bad. They're just, yeah. you're just have learning days. You're like, Oh, all right. Well, that's an interesting thing. It's not a bad day because yeah. your expectation wasn't that you had to succeed for it to be a good thing. All you had to do was try. All you had to do was put yourself out there. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. So I'm sure you've got a lot of, you mentioned that you got a lot of great feedback with your book and this and that. Um, what made, I mean, you wrote the book. Did you have expectations for it? I mean, you said strip away expectations, but no, no, did you want to? Huge. Yeah. What was, what was the, like your goal with it? Well, so I have one of my best friends since I was 12 years old is my buddy Cameron Carling. He's the co-author of the book. Okay. And so he was a big wig at Google and yeah. he retired, moved with his family to Costa Rica to just kind of do their thing down yeah. there. Well, he's like me. He gets bored after like two weeks, you know, he's, he's like, like, all right, that was, he called me, but he called me and he goes, Hey, I love everything you're doing. And he had helped me with other projects I'd done, including my podcast and my TV show back in the day. He said, are you working on anything I can help you on? I just want to help with whatever you got going. Right. I said, dude, I've got this idea for this book. And uh, he said, well, let's, I've always wanted to write a book. Let's do it. Wow. So we awesome. partnered up on this book. So I, and he's been my best friend since I was 12. So he knows my voice. He knows me. Everything, he knows yeah. how to write in my voice. And so I would record all my stories or I'd send him all my stories. And then he would basically write it out. So he's okay. really, if I'm being honest, he wrote about 90% of the book. Right. Um, and he's much smarter than I. He's much better at words than I. <laughs> like truly when I've, so he goes, hey, I got the first 30 pages. I want to know what your thoughts are. And if you read the book, the first 30 pages is 
are just blowed out of the water. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. I literally read it and I was laughing. I'm like, this is so much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> You're making me sound It was so literally amazing. so much better than I thought it was going to be. And I was like, am I insane? I gave it to two other people. I go, you need to read this today and give yeah. me your feedback because if either I'm crazy or this is going to be an amazing, <laughs> amazing book. And both of them were like, bro, that's as good as anything I've ever read. And I'm right. like, I know. I Thank you. And so I got to give him the credit. Uh, like sure. he is the one that really formulated the book that way. But um, it's such a gift to do it together. And every time I get a text or an email or something from somebody, I forward them to him and it's a daily thing and he just yeah. loves it. You know, it's so it's really fun to, so he's really the, the mastermind that did that mm-hmm. um, with my stories and my voice and everything. And so I, I, I give him a, a ton of credit, but uh, that's kind of how the book, it ended up taking him about nine months, wow. um, really putting time in every single sure. day. But wow. yeah. Well, it's an amazing book. I've read it and uh, some of the principles in there I teach my clients. I refer to about you on that and it it really is very well written. And uh, I didn't know that uh, you weren't right. No, I'm kidding. I'm like, <laughs> no, oh, I give him all the credit. No, it's beautiful. And it's perfect because it's like, <laughs> there's, I mean, anyone that knows me knows there's no way I was sitting down for nine months to write Dude, a book. Totally. But, I get it. but by <laughs> getting my stories out there and, and that's how you really want to write a book. Anyway, you record it and then you have somebody help you. Like, I mean, I'm not an editor. And it's actually a, a, a good point to touch on is one of the places where people get screwed up in life is they try to focus on things they're not really good at. Um, and yeah. what I've always said, what one of because people always are like, Jimmy, how do you get everything done that you get done? Like this is yeah. the you know big question I get asked, and it's I delegate everything that somebody can do as good as me. There's yeah. certain things that I have to do. Yeah. I need to tell those stories. I need to be sure. the one to be able to kind of put a vision towards this thing. I need to be making these connections or this networking, all these things. But there's so many things that other people can do well, and I let people do those things. So in my yeah. real estate business, you know, again, my team sold almost 300 homes last year between three of us. And that's everything else we were doing. Yeah. And people are like, I don't get it. Like, when does he, yeah. I don't even understand this. It's, I have the <laughs> world's greatest people around me. I yeah. truly have surrounded myself with great people. And then I let them do them jo- their job. So right. like, you know, my assistant, Chris, who's been with me for 12 years in real estate, I let him do every part of the business that I don't have to do. And he yeah. knows when I have to do it. Like, hey, yeah. need you to make a tough phone call. Boom, I jump on yeah. and make the tough call, right? Yeah. But otherwise, everything goes. And so one of the things where, you know, I'm so open about saying like I didn't write most of that book like very sure. little of it in fact I um, is because you have to be willing to let other people succeed around you we, right. we can only do so much by ourselves but when we partner up and we team up and we you know group up with the right people you can get so much more done yeah I couldn't agree more I wrote a book wrote a couple books and I had a ghostwriter I mean of course because I'm not good at writing I can right. tell a great story <laughs> I can do all that but you're right you yeah. got to get you got to get the right people involved you know, b- back to, you know, you've been a realtor for how many years now? Yes, yeah, 17 years now. 17 years. And what I love about that is, at least from my perspective, what I've noticed is that obviously you love being a realtor. You do an amazing job at it. You have a great team, like you said. You've done courses. You've written books and that. But I, I what I get from you, it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. You like to see people succeed. So part of you in that in that. Uh, you know, role, if we're going to say that, is you, you're helping other people get to where you're at. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's funny as, you know, for, so my business partner, he essentially called me, started as my assistant, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were, when times were tough in 2007, 8, 9. Yeah. I mean, I had twice, I had to tell him to hold his check and he was getting paid very little. We're talking less than 40 grand a year, you oh, know? Man. And I'm like, I need you to hold your check until this deal closes. <laughs> and, and he stood by me and he stood with me and he's been my best friend since we were 12. Wow. And, um, you know, the last couple of years we've crushed it. Right. Like, yeah. and I give him a percentage of the business we bring in. And so last year in one month alone, 
he made more money in one month last year than he made in 2008, 9, 10, 11 wow. combined. And so <laughs> yeah. like, you know, again, it's, and people are like, why are you, over, you overpay so much for an assistant? I was like, it's so much more than that, you guys. Like yeah. it's so much, and what the hell else would I do with my money? What could I possibly want to do more than to be able to help create this beautiful life for this man who has given his all to me for 15 yeah. years. He's been my best friend. He cares more about me than I do. I mean, the guy <laughs> just literally will do any the most loyal person they come. Like what would I possibly spend that money on better than helping him make his life better? And so I'm happy to pay him what he's worth, which is very high. Mm -hmm. But where other people told me I was insane, I always just said, no, like I want, yeah. I, if I, I don't want to be around people that are depressed. I want to be around people that everybody around me thrives. Um, I just love being around people that are doing amazing things yeah. and everyone, you know, can do that. And so I don't yeah. know, for me, that's the gift. Yeah. Well, and that's what you do. You, you're giving away all the time. And what I, I've heard this, and you tell me if you've heard this too, and I, I, I believe it's true, but I just, I, I have, so I heard like philanthropists who have all this money, they give their money away, but they can't give it away fast enough because it keeps coming back. Have you noticed that in your life? Uh, Todd, because you give so much. Well, that's dude. the beautiful thing about, I don't know like what God looks like and all that, and but I can tell you this, everything in this world is connected energetically. That's yeah. one of my most firmest beliefs. Um, call it yeah. universe or God or whatever that source of power is and love. And anything Gosh. you put out into the world is going to come back. Like, so one of the things we talked about the last time I was on the podcast, I, and I'll just briefly touch on this cause it's such a powerful story, but I, um, I got the chance to work with operation underground railroad. I went on yes. 11 operations undercover with them. I work with a group now called the child liberation foundation. And it's funny because I'm really good at getting myself in the room if I want to be there. Yeah. And so I finagled my way into like a lunch with the, you know, the people, the, <laughs> basically the decision makers of who gets to go on these ops. <laughs> and I remember he's like, well, here's a couple things you have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have to do this training, this fight to kill training? You have to donate enough money to pay for the full op yourself. Like, and so, I mean, when he told me that I'd brought my check with me and at the time, this is what people don't know is I had invested a bunch of money into this other company. I didn't really have a whole lot of liquid cash. I had one emergency account that had about 50 grand in it. Right. It was my emergency account. I bet I had 10 to 15 grand in my name other than that. As a realtor, that burns pretty quick. Like yeah. I did not have extra money. Sure. <laughs> and he told me how much I was going to have to pay to this you know, to the foundation to do this op. And I wrote the check right there and I slid it across the table. And this is as much as my new truck. And when I gave him the check, you know, I remember I went and I told my assistant, Chris, I'm like, <laughs> the, the same guy I was just talking about. Yeah. I just said, um, I just wrote a, basically I just emptied our emergency <laughs> fund. I go, I promise you it was an emergency and it'll come <laughs> back. But I'm telling you from that day to today, my life financially, and I only say this financially because um, that's what you're essentially saying is yeah. it has gone, it is crazy. The doors that have opened, the people I've met, the mm -hmm. opportunities I've had, the deals that have got done. I mean, I literally am closing deals with people that I've met through that organization. I had a buddy just close a, you know, a house that it was a six figure commission check. And he literally called me. I met him undercover in Mexico really? and he just said, Hey, I need to buy this building. Will you write the contract? And I'm like, well, yeah. Like how much should I put for the commission? He goes, well, what do you normally get? I'm like, well, here's what they're offering. And he goes, yeah, just put that. I mean, it was a six figure check and literally I wrote the paperwork. It was like a five minute deal. That was, 
you you're know? like, and I'm just like, but he goes, he, and I go, well, thank you, man. That meant so much. He goes, are you kidding? I'd never do a deal without you. Like you're my realtor. Like you're my guy. And I've had 50 of these experiences with people I've met through that one organization. Right. Like the, you know, I wrote that check when it hurt. And by the way, give, if giving doesn't hurt, you're not giving enough. Yeah. That's one of the things I like to say. Like it should sting. It should hurt a little wow. bit. It should hurt. If you're not, yeah. then just, and people always say like, well, when I have money, I'll give it away. No, 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 you won't. Because if you're not giving it away now when you don't have it, you won't, you won't give it when it. you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I have so many experiences where I can't hurt to do it. And I've, I've just decided I'm going to be a person that is, <laughs> comes from an abundance mind. And here's how yeah. the world, so to scientifically tell you why it works. Yeah. So that's yeah. an example. Scientifically, what happens is whatever you lack in life, you should give it away. And I'm going to say that whatever you lack, give it away. And what happens is the universe is very sneaky and it listens to everything we say. Yeah. If you say that you're have nobody loves me, well then you're going to see signs of nobody loving you. If you yeah. say everybody loves me, you're going to see signs of everybody loving you, right? Well, if you say to the universe, I know money is abundant, so even though I don't have much, I'm going to give it all away, then guess what happens? The universe goes, yeah, you're right. Money is abundant here. It's here everywhere. It yeah. It's literally scientific. If I treat money as if it's in abundance at all times, and so I don't hoard it and I don't hold right. it, right? Like we've talked about it in the Bible, Christ talks about anything yeah. you hide your gift, you lose it, right? And so I just think scientifically, if you literally say to the universe, I'm going to give this thing away, therefore it is abundant. It's everywhere. It will come find me. And then it just flows in. And so wow. that's why I think that is. And by the way, it's the same thing with love. It's the same thing with anything. Whatever anything. you whatever you want more of in life, give it away. If you want more love in your life, I promise you, start giving out more love. You'll get more you'll love get back. back. If you want more money, start giving away money and it'll come back. Boy, you know, uh, Jimmy, you couldn't be more spot on. It, I'm, it gets me emotional what you're saying because here's why. You know, Neil Donald Walsh, who I'm a fan of, he says, if you want to be, give it away. So fill in the blank. If you want to be loved, give away love. If you want to have abundance, give away abundance. And, you know, it, just in my story, you know, I was a, a drug addict for almost 10 years and giving my money away at a lemonade stand, what I got in return is my life. Yeah. And I had no clue. I just had this impression to do this. I'm giving away money and I got my life. And, and I know that sounds like people might be going, what? And I couldn't agree with you more. And but the way you worded that and the way you explained that is just I've never heard of it uh, said that way. So thank you for, you know, clarifying this in such a way that's just really inspiring. Wow. Yeah. No, it's that, amazing. And I, you know, I love your story that you shared it on my podcast, and mm -hmm. it's exactly right. It's it's just the principle of the universe, man. It's it's yeah. so sneaky. It listens to everything, <laughs> yeah. and so you you have to train your thoughts because your thoughts become your words, and your words become your actions. We've all heard this a million times, but it really is true. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking about, good or bad, whatever you're flooding your mind with, it's going to come about. It's and so you got to be very careful and very, very careful. vigilant of what you let in there. Well, speaking of uh, things that you say out loud and things like that, I know you have a morning routine, and I'd like to just talk about that for a minute. Um, I know. There's a there's a statement that you say every morning out loud, and will you talk about that? And sure. Share that with yeah, us? yeah. So I, again, that Tony Robbins event, the date with destiny. I, you know, I'd lost my faith of my religion that about mm -hmm. four months before that, and I really was kind of in this spot of like, well, what is my life about? Like, what is yeah. this whole thing going to be? And I went to that event, and they do an amazing job for seven days to help you truly understand where you've been, where you're going, what you're trying to do with your life, what your values are for and against, and everything yeah. else. And after doing this. I developed a mission statement that as soon as I said it, I knew that was the purpose of my life. And it is 
The purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. And I repeat that every morning over yeah, and over It's tattooed again. on your brain. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so because I know if I'm ever out of integrity, I'm violating something in that purpose. So if I'm not being playful, that's a big part of that purpose. Right. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is not my life's purpose. This I need to not, switch how I'm being, yeah. right? If I'm not living an extraordinary life, if I'm playing down or I'm being lazy or I'm being weak or whatever it might be, I was like, oh, that goes against my... But by having that purpose so clear... It directs me in everything that I get to do. Yeah. And so my morning routine, it's not so much a routine as it's there's certain things I feel like you need to do every morning because I like to stay out late sometimes. Um, so I don't have this rigid, <laughs> like I'm up at six every day, right. but I have certain things I want to do every morning. And number one is, is I want to get my vision for, for my life. Yeah. Right. And so I have my vision board. I have a meditation yeah. room. I go in and yeah. I have my life's purpose. I have my values. Um, and I go in and I, you know, I study that and I think about that. And then I have, you know, I want to do something physical every morning to get the body moving. And then I want to, there's just certain things, prayer, right? Like start my morning with sure. gratitude and all these different things yeah. and, and go through those things. And I think, I think it's so important to just have certain things you do every day to put you in the great mindset. And honestly, like I, I was sleeping, I don't know, it was probably about three months ago, I slept next to somebody. I woke up and I was just grinning to ear and she's like, what the hell are you smiling at? And I just go, I don't know. I get to wake up and just beat Jimmy Rex today. It's a good damn day. And she just is like, you're amazing. Like, she's just like rolling her eyes at me like, you're an idiot. But it was like, she, I go, you don't wake up like this? She goes like, no, never. And I was just like, I truly just wake up excited to be me. And I don't know. I know that comes off arrogant to some people. I don't care. Like, I love being able to wake up and know that my life is going to be meaningful today, yeah. that I'm going to have purpose, that I'm going to do something fun and, and touch somebody's life. And I, 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 I pray for guidance to that. Like who needs me? Who can I reach right. out to today? But I truly get to wake up and just be me every day. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> that's beautiful. And really what you've said there is what I think the, the true meaning of success is, is waking up in a good mood. I mean, you can have all the success, all this stuff, but if you're waking up miserable, what's the point, right? Yeah. And so mm. to hear you say that, that, that and, you know, and people will balk at that, like, oh, yeah, that's not how it really should be or, or should. That's, you know, he's faking it. No, that's success. And I've followed you enough and I've known you enough that, that I know that that's true. I mean, I know that's how you live your life. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, again, it's life is a beautiful mess. Like, I can't say that enough because Every time people come to me and they're in a bad place or they're down, they feel like they're not living up or they don't they have this expectation where they should be or what they should be doing. And it's like, no, it's perfectly yours. Like you're yeah. exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Like just understand that your life doesn't need to be anything. It's just simply put. And again, I design my life more than anybody. Right. I put my goals and my vision and everything, what I'm trying to do. But I'm also aware that it doesn't have to look, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. But when you can get that and you truly get that concept, that's why I came back to it. I think it just takes away this pain out of our lives. Yeah. Thank you, man. Very well said. You know, a big portion of my followers and listeners have, they're either in addiction, they've got a family member in addiction. It's, you know, I've got a lot of followers in that area. Mm. If you could tell them something right now that if someone right now is in a dark place, they're struggling, they're, they feel trapped, they're miserable, that kind of thing. You've already shared a, a bunch of beautiful things, but if there's someone listening right now that needs to hear something from you right now, Jimmy, what would it be? First off, what I'd say is like your pain's real. I don't ever want to discount that. Like mm -hmm. bad things happen, horrible things happen, and mm -hmm. people's pain is real. Um, what I would also say to that is no matter where you're at in life, 
you still control your destiny. You still are the person that gets to decide what tomorrow looks like in the next day. It doesn't take, people think it takes a year or five years or to turn a life around. It actually happens immediately. Yeah, You can make that decision at yeah. any moment. And here's what I tell people. I say, look, don't fall in love with your story because everyone has a story of why their life sucks or why they're down right. or why they got screwed yeah. or why they got you know, their divorce or they got cheated or whatever, it was, somebody died or they got a disease, all these different things. And unfortunately, the world will tell you, yeah, you're a victim, you should, you know, you should be compensated or the government needs to save you or whatever it might be. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, feeding you with bad information. Yeah. Here's the thing is you can be a victim to your circumstances. And by the way, you're justified. You're not wrong. You are yeah. a victim, but that doesn't serve you. Right. That's the only thing I can say. So instead of yeah. focusing on what's happened, focus on what you want. You can't, you, if you truly focus on what you want, then what's happened doesn't really matter. And so I just tell people like, look forward, like keep looking forward okay. no matter what. Yeah. And by the way, whether you're had a good past or a bad past, forget it quickly because yeah. it's still gone. Like you, it's, yeah, it's not there's here. no sense in living there. Yeah. Right. And so I would just say to you, like, like you're not wrong. You are a victim. Um, and bad things happen, but you actually are the person that gets to fix it. You are the person that gets, yeah. don't give up your power by letting yourself fall victim or letting other people tell you you're a victim. You're not a victim. You simply need to get a big enough why to want to change your life, to yeah. want to get out of it. And when the why is big enough, the what doesn't matter or the, the, the how doesn't matter. Like when your why is big enough, when you truly know why you want something enough, yeah. you'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah, and just keep going, it. just keep going. And yeah. by the way, like if anybody ever wants to reach out to me in any way, um, I love helping uh, random people all the time. Mr. Jimmy Rex is my Instagram. Happy to have a phone call or a chat or whatever yeah. I can do to help. But um, just send me a DM there. But yeah. um, keep going. I, I just if people knew how much they how great their lives are going to be or how much potential they have to make their lives great yeah they just they just wouldn't focus on what's going wrong they just right. wouldn't focus on the bad but we get stuck in these places and i've been there like you're just stuck and like when am i ever going to get out of here right and like bad thing after bad thing keeps happening but like just know like it breaks it will but yeah. it's everything you put into your mind is going to eventually manifest out in another way so focus on what's going in wow great advice i love that thanks jimmy so what's new on the horizon just you know what what do you, what do you got coming next? Um, always have fun <laughs> stuff coming up. So sure. I'm excited for the world to open up. One of my big yeah, goals was to get there. I know it's coming. Was to get to 100 countries by my 40th birthday. That's in October. Um, I'm at 71. I've been there for about a year now. I got <laughs> I got to two new countries last year. I thought that was pretty good for oh, a yeah. pandemic. You know, yeah, not bad. <laughs> went to Belize and Turks and Caicos, but it was uh, <laughs> it was different. But yeah. so I'm super excited to travel again. But just because it expands your mind, expands right. your heart, you understand yeah. people and culture and everything so much more. But um, I just always looking for fun opportunities. Like me and some buddies are starting a sports card shop downtown. Oh, cool. It's a huge investment thing right now. Uh -huh. um, I'm starting another Mexican restaurant in Vegas with some buddies. Oh, um, right on. Yeah, yeah, in Summerland. And, uh, you know, I have just so many fun moving pieces. I, again, it's, I just want to keep helping mm -hmm. spread goodness, keep helping people live the best lives they can. And I don't know what's next. And that's kind of the fun of it, right? Yeah. Like in the meantime, um, I'm just going to keep waking up keep each living. day and trying yeah. to do good. I don't know. Yeah, no, dude, you're incredible, man. Seriously. I could talk to you all day. I appreciate you. you stay here all day today? <laughs> <laughs> Please. We'll, uh, we'll set an appointment. Yeah. Well, um, 
so what I mean obviously that you you mentioned how they can get a hold of you on Instagram if they want to buy your books and want to know more about maybe real estate and things like that is that still the best place to go or do you have If somebody has the I mean if you want to read my book just buy it on Amazon or okay. it's also on Audible I read it okay. um which was kind of fun you did, yeah I did yeah it was it's kind not, of fun It's not easy is it no, it took it's a, hard. It, it took about 15 total hours. The day I was recording it too, I had this huge investment in a company called Nikola Motors uh -huh. and it went public last year and I had six months where I couldn't sell the stock. And the day I was oh, recording no. it, it went up about 800%. I mean, I literally, I mean, and to tell you like, you think you've had a bad day. I, I ended up making over $20 million that one day and I lost all of it by the time I could sell it. And so it's so no, but you, what a roller coaster, right? What a ride wow, to be on. But the ride. day I was recording my book, I was trying so hard to focus <laughs> the damn stock. Every time I checked my phone, I made another like, million dollars. I'm not even joking. I had like 400 texts from people because everyone knew I had this big investment yeah. and the company ended up going, you know, it turned out fine at the end, right. but it was like that day was such a wild day. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully you can hear like the enthusiasm it. in my voice, but, <laughs> but it's on audible. Okay. Um, you can get it there. Um, and then, yeah, I've got a lot of cool stuff coming out um, that's going to be uh, more and more. But just follow me on Instagram because whether I'm doing a big event, whether I'm doing mm -hmm. a charity thing, whether I'm uh, any kind of content that I'm putting out, I put it all on my Instagram okay. story. Great. And so that's the best place to follow me, sure. Mr. Jimmy Rex. Love it. Love it. And that $100 dinner club, you got you got a, a website for that? Yeah. Yeah, or just I also doing. post that on my story every you week. You do the same as well. Yeah, so okay. just if you ever want to come you. to one, we'd love to have anybody. Yeah, and yeah we've got, I mean, we want to check it out. That's, we usually sell it out in about 24 hours. Oh, I just, I, I try to limit it so we can tell the restaurant how many are coming. And <laughs> But we usually get about 20 to 30 people. It's fun. Yeah, when word gets out, it's like, hey, I think Jimmy and his crew's coming tonight. Everyone's going to be like, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, eventually, they're going to be yeah, waiting for us. But that's really cool that you're doing all that. Well, I can't thank you enough. Jimmy for taking some time out of your busy schedule and you're not kidding I know how busy you are I reached out to you you got right back to me that quick and I was like wow sure because I know how much you've got going on so I just want you to know how much I appreciate that you would take the time to drive here to my little studio here and sit down and share some very powerful principles with all of us so well you do a special thing man I you know one of my best friends in fact I <laughs> I was coming from his office and uh you know he He's the only addict that I was ever really close to. Um, and uh, he's nine years sober from heroin. Oh, wow. And uh, he's my nutritionist, a guy named Brad Jensen. Oh, I love him. And um, I literally Brad. just came from his office. And mm -hmm. he uh, to watch what he's doing now and to see how he got through his addiction, like yeah. I honor the work that you're doing, man. I That Thank dude you. was in a really bad place. And you yeah. know I visited him in jail multiple times and thought he, we were going to lose him. But yeah. he's just thriving in life. And so the work you do is so valuable, so so meaningful and so i support you any way i can no thank you jimmy yeah. you're amazing well there you go folks uh, another amazing podcast belief cast with jimmy rex please check him out he's the real deal i mean i'm telling you you know he lives life to its fullest and he really is inspiring to me so please check him out reach out to him he already said it. he'll answer any questions you might have and if you want to join that hundred dollar dinner club do it and uh, if not, create your own. I like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that challenge and I will show you that I'm going to do that. I love it. Um, and, but anyway, thanks for joining in week after week. Again, thanks to our sponsor. I want to thank Par Paul Cardall for the beautiful music that he lets me play at the beginning and end of this show. And I love him too. And I love all of you. Thank you. I believe in you. And let's go give away what we want because we'll get it back. I, I just love that. That is so beautiful. So, until next time, and again, Jimmy, thanks. Thank you.